Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've joined us, the I Work For Him radio show, the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. You know, something, just a question. Out of the box thinking, is that biblical or is that counter biblical? I like to think that Jesus was a revolutionary. He attacked the religious guard out of love, but it was all out-of-the-box thinking. So many of us keep our God in a box, even though God doesn't live within a box, but we limit God's ability to impact our lives because we just we limit what he thinks he can do in our lives. Let me just try to communicate this better. Out-of-the-box thinking is a Christ-like way to think. And today we're going to talk with two guys that think out of the box all day long. How to do church, how to build church, how to grow church. We need to be thinking that way. We need to ask the tough questions. If you go to a church that rejects tough questions being asked, you maybe need to think about, is that a church that you really want to be a part of? Because as a body of Christ, each one of us has a role to play. And asking tough questions is an okay role to play. Of course, doing it respectfully, but out-of-the-box thinking. If Jesus hadn't thought out-of-the-box, we wouldn't have transformed the world in the name of Jesus. Our two guests today, Eric Bame and Dan Cook, these two guys, are, are they live out-of-the-box thinking each and every day. Eric, Dan, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, great being here with you. Super being with you. All right. So before we get going with the conversation, really this out of the box kind of thinking, how you guys live every day, let's just talk about how the Lord surprised you in 2016. Dan, start us off. How did the Lord surprise you in 2016? Oh, we just saw so many changes. Uh, We've been working on uh, some of these out of the box things over the last five years. And in 16, we saw so many of them come together and, uh, so many ministries blessed and uh, significant amounts of money coming into ministries that uh, were not from your normal channels of uh, giving and tithing. And, and Eric, what about you? How did the Lord surprise Eric Bame in 2016? Well, I was, you know, for me, I was just really surprised on, you know, how much the church needs to think outside the box. We've been thinking, you know, I've been a senior pastor for 29 years. We've been thinking in the box for so long that, you know, it surprised me now as I'm working with uh, Building God's Way and out in more churches, how few churches uh, are really thinking outside the box, and then how many churches are. You know, it's, it's, it's very surprising to me, and as, you know, Dan shared, uh, how we're looking at some innovative ways of doing ministry that, um, you know, churches have just never thought of before. And the responses we've been doing these seminars has just been overwhelming. You know, I've been uh, just kind of surprised 
surprised to see churches just say, man, we, we desperately need that. And I think, you know, as to where we're going as a, as a country, as a, as a church, uh, boy, we, we've got to think outside the box like we've never done before. Well, and let me just ask this question. As a senior pastor coming out of the senior pastorship, thinking out of the box, were you guilty of keeping God in a box because it was uncomfortable to think outside of the box? You know, I think as a pastor, we I thought outside the box, but the confines of my culture often kept me inside the box because, you know, really our denominational cultures have certain parameters and, you know, they're not necessarily always bad, but it's kind of like, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. This is kind of how we've been doing it, you know, all the way along. Now, we started an innovative ministry back in 2003. Why don't we step back for just a second? Dan, talk to us about Building God's Way. What, what is this organization all about? Well, it's an outgrowth of my architectural and construction firm that I started uh, just about 19 years ago. Uh, we uh, had been praying about what to do, and God led me to really get out of the secular architecture of business and to build his buildings, but do them his way. And uh, found that there was a whole new methodology of being able to do church buildings, school buildings, Christian colleges. And through that, uh, really honoring God in so many different ways that we weren't doing as we were designing and building churches in the past. And people don't think necessarily that, wow, okay, so you're a general contractor, you're building churches. That's a huge mission field. First of all, you're working with a lot of general, you're working with a lot of subcontractors that aren't necessarily Christ followers. You're working with a lot of customers that, well, churches, they're the toughest organizations probably to build for than anybody else in the world, except for maybe the government. But I think government's probably easier to work for than the church, you know, committees. And so really tough job. But Eric, how I heard about you was, I, I don't even remember where it came from, but I got a random email from a follower. One of the, one of the I work for him followers said, listen, look what this guy's doing over on the West Coast. He's buying motels and he's turning them into churches, but they're running them as motels and using them for church. Where did that idea come from? And where's that today? Well, you know, we started, the idea really kind of came from the, you know, the Celtic way of evangelism. The Celts were one through the area of hospitality. So back in 2003, uh, our church just bought an old travel lodge hotel and converted it into a roadway and into a quality inn. And we operated the hotels, 165 rooms. Uh, and out of that, you know, we were able to get uh, cash flow in which we were able to uh, sustain our ministry. And we were able to open a job training program, 10,000 square foot feeding program, uh, largest family shelter in America that doesn't receive government support. You know, we were just birthing ministries on and on. But the greatest part of the whole thing is we saw more than 3,500 people come through the hotel and make a first-time decision to Jesus Christ. So, you know, it was the best form of evangelism that I've ever been a part of. And now Dan and I are doing this model and more models like it all over the United States. And we're going to talk about those. But, Eric, just another question about, I mean, most churches look at business as evil. Like, well, that's just an evil thing, business. But what you did, you joined the two together, which is really what our Savior did. Jesus was an expert carpenter who had a phenomenal reputation in business and then went into full-time ministry ministering to people as the son of God, but he had a great business reputation. You guys joined the two of those together. You employed people. You, I mean, you employed people, you housed, so you had customers, you had vendors, you had employees and you, and you supported a church. That, that was an amazing out of the box thinking. Dan, did you have anything to do with that? Or did Eric do that in, in, in attract? How did you guys connect on that? Uh, Eric had done that and, and wrote a book about it. And then uh, he ended up, uh, best friends with the ministry we did in Portland, and 
they introduced us, and uh, we actually talked for about 10 minutes, and I just said to Eric, we've got to go be together. You and I have like minds, and you've got skills that I don't have, and uh, you need to really stop uh, what you're doing and, and come and do something really important for Christ and show people <laughs> all across the United States uh, how we can replicate some of the things you're doing. Well, and honestly, you know, I live in Florida. We're broadcasting out of Tampa Bay today, and there you know, are about 500,000 motel hotels in Tampa and around Florida from one, you know, it's 16 hours from Pensacola to Key West. That model that you guys are demonstrating could be replicated so many thousands of times in just this state of 20 million people. I just can't imagine. I really want to talk about that in detail, and I really want to talk about what Building God's Way Services is doing each and every day. And I really want to talk about the impact you're making on communities as we dig deep into this conversation. Uh, Today on I Work For Him, we're thinking out of the box. I found two guys from the West Coast of the United States of America that think outside of the box all day long. These guys are professionals at helping churches think outside of the box. We've got Eric Bain and we've got Dan Cook from Building God's Way. These guys are professionals at, 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 at finding new ways to do church, new ways to build church, and new ways to work with church. Eric Bain, Dan Cook, welcome back to I Work For Him. Great being with you. Let's talk, Dan. Talk about, okay, so Eric's doing his thing, 2003, buying motels and transforming them into church motels where they're operating full-time as a motel but use, utilizing the income to support a church and ministry ministry to a community. Dan, you've been a general contractor for a long time. How, and you've been, and long before I heard about your book, I'd already heard about your reputation of being one of the most high-quality church builders in the country great reputation for that how how what is before you guys merged with dan talk to me about building god's way well building god's way was formed to uh, uh really reach out and do construction differently uh by finding ways to reduce the cost of the buildings by as much as 30 percent and, and obviously and we obviously do that quite a bit uh we've done over a couple billion dollars worth of uh, church work and the in the time since we started that about 19 years ago. But it was more importantly, the heart of BGW was reaching the workmen on the job site for Christ and reaching the subcontractors. And and over that period of time, we've seen over 10,000 men accept the Lord on job sites through what we call ministry of construction. And so we do do high-quality construction, high-quality design, but uh, really the heart of BGW is uh, outreach. Well, let's talk about that outreach because that's that's a statistic I didn't know. So over the last 19 years, as you have intentionally ministered to subcontractors on your sites, over 10,000 of them have made decisions for Christ. Talk to me about what that intentionality looks like because we have lots of people listening today that are driving around in their cars that are going, hey, wait a minute, I love that idea, but what does that look like? Well, we we really get the church involved in doing that. A church in a in a construction project has usually two big events, and that's groundbreaking and ribbon cutting. And, and the in between time, they just wait for everybody to get it done. And, and we involve the church in a large way, and we get the youth involved in going out on the site and washing and waxing the trucks for the men. We get the little kids involved in serenading and singing different songs at different times, writing them notes, telling them that God loves them and all those things. And then we get the the main church involved in putting on luncheons and uh, cutting hair for the guys and 
and giving them gifts at Christmas and uh, having special services for them and, and having a prayer mailbox on the site. We've actually got over 250 ways that a church can reach a construction worker, and, and uh, we find the right fit for the right people to fit within those systems. And But we really intentionally reach out to those that have no idea who Christ is, which is frankly 95% of the workmen that are on the job site every single day. So Now, because you're working on churches, and I know that there's church projects can sometimes be a little contentious because you got you have a lot of people involved in the leadership of a church that have no idea how to run a project, how to be the point person on a project. You're the general contractor, but you, you the customer is a board of uh, you know, a building board or a construction board at the church, usually some un- elected people or appointed people. How do you, I mean, cause there's often a lot of tension when building a building. Uh, how do you just work through that so that people can see, Hey, these Christians are different than the other customers that I usually build with. Well, there is. And, and just to correct you, we are generally the architect on the project. Okay. In the Intermountain West, where we are the builder, and we've got a a group of twenty uh, some builders around the United States that uh, are dedicated to building our projects. And and the way that we reduce the the contention is right from the beginning, where we bring in a team. Not it's not a bid job where we work with all the lowest bidders that made the most mistakes and they're trying to you know get it all back somehow during the construction. We uh, uh, we start out in meetings before they ever bid anything, telling them that this is a church and we love Christ and we're going to witness to the men on the job site and we want your ideas on the best ways to go do this. And, and we want to partner with each and every one of the subcontractors in a different way than anybody's ever done. And, and through all of that, we just start out at the beginning saying, hey, uh, find our mistakes. Uh, we're not going to have change orders. We're uh, uh, we're in this to, to, in a three-way partnership. We call it a, a a partnership with three three parts of the triangle with God in the center, and and uh, and we generally finish out jobs. In fact, the last three jobs we finished off in Florida uh, came in at six to nine percent under budget, and the money was given back to the church. And uh, that's what happens when you get a team of people all going in the same direction. But now you finished under budget. Did you finish on time too? We actually finished ahead of time, which is why we were under budget. Well, and, and in Florida, that's an astounding thing. When, when I've got a good friend who's a neighbor who's building a house, and, and he said, yep, we're supposed to close the middle of February. I said, no way. 90 days to build a house? Not in Florida. Can't be done. Well, now they're in like the middle of April talking about maybe being done. It, it just never happens in Florida. So that's an amazing thing. So this out-of-the-box approach you have at first, Dan, just in being honest with people, listen, we're going to share Christ with the people that you bring on our job site. We are going. Our, it is our goal to be to be a builder of excellence. You're the architect. You bring in general contractors and subcontractors to do the job. I mean, just that that's an out-of-the-box approach. It's being upfront with people. Yeah, and then we've, over the years, arranged for uh, something in excess of 80 different manufacturers that support what we're doing, and they're bringing their their products to the job site at, at the manufacturer's cost, and we're marking it up very little. And so we're bringing in major, great products, like all of our buildings are LED lighting. We've got the highest efficiency of mechanical systems, but we're buying those things at low prices. Uh in technology, we buy things for half the price of what they would be going for in the in the marketplace. And so, 
when we're supplying a major amount of the products to the job site, we don't get any controversy over what went wrong or why it didn't work or what was happening. Right, because it was your decision. You brought them in. Yeah. It's your problem if something goes wrong. So the the Lord is working in your just your you're out of the. We haven't even talked about some of the things you do as a as a architect to design out of the box thinking. But Eric. You already were an out of the box thinker. You're you're you were a senior pastor. You in 2003 you bought your first. I think you said it was a roadway in. Is that what it was? Yeah, with Travel Lodge Hotel. Travel Lodge, excuse yeah. me. And then you went to Roadway and then Quality, and that's what you said. Yep. Right. All right. So you buy a Travel Lodge, and when people when you told people you were going to be buying a motel to operate a church out of, what kinds of things did typical Christians tell you? Well, they didn't think we should be able to do that, you know, because it wasn't the traditional church. But, you know, as Dan and I say, if you're going to spend $6 million to build a building, why don't you build it sustainable? Uh, make an event center, make a, uh, make a hotel, make a daycare center, make a sports center, but do something that is going to be sustainable and also something that people want to come to. But if you're just building the, the traditional church building, most people aren't attracted to that, but people are attracted to a hotel. They are attracted to a sports center. And see, it's not necessarily, Jim, about the money. Dan and I, we're not pursuing the money. DJW is all about pursuing people who have yet to hear the gospel. And so if we build a hotel and people come into the hotel, or we build a sports center or an event center, we've got an event center that uh, BGW did in Ogden, Utah, and it's just amazing. But now people are holding their special events there, and we get a ch- as a chance as a church to be able to share the gospel with people. And, and that's the exciting part, is how many thousands of people we're seeing come to Christ in an out-of-the-box approach, and hey, by the way, the byproduct just happens to be money. So at first, the church fought us, but now the church embraces us because they see the results, they uh, see the fruit. Let's talk about that word sustainable, because not everybody understands the word sustainable. Certainly in reference to a nonprofit, and more certainly in reference to a church. What do you mean by sustainable? Well, sustainable is the ability to continue to, you know, to, to move forward. You know, in Dan's book, Dan points out the fact that, you know, the church is, is aging, and the new generation that's coming in is not supporting the church. The reality is we're going to lose 80% of our church budgets if we don't do something within the next 10, 15 years. So, because 80% of our church is going to pass away, and they're the ones with the money. So the reality is, if we don't get uh, some ability for our buildings to pay for themselves, so if you own a hotel, and as a church you're meeting in the conference center, you know, the, the people that are coming and staying in the guest rooms that are the airspace, they're paying for your utilities, your, they're paying for your mortgage, they're paying for the building costs, because buildings are expensive, and we think at BGW, man, let the buildings pay for themselves and take the offerings and advance the kingdom of God. Dan, you look, it sounded like you wanted to add something in there on sustainability. Well, our ultimate goal, and, and we've got several projects in that tier right now, is that the things you do with the building six days a week, uh, will not only pay for the building and the mortgage and all those things that are there, but someday pay for your entire uh, staff cost to where 100% of the income that comes into a church from tithing and giving can go be used for real ministry, which is what Jesus told us to do. Well, and both of you are avoiding using, you said sustainability. Let's just talk about how about a business model, an economic model that operates in the red, or in the black instead of in the red? Well, well it is. That's and, and one of the most unused people group in our churches today are entrepreneurs. Uh, 
And in my own church, they didn't know what to do with me. I've been an entrepreneur all my life, and so I end up being work the nursery and count the money. <laughs> And, and that's why I work for him is on air. Sorry, Eric. That's why I work for him is on the air, Dan, because the church has struggled on what to do with us entrepreneurs, us people that are out there. Hey, we've been given a gift on taking an idea and making it sustainable, making money on the idea, serving people, and not only just blessing the church with a tithe, but blessing our community with fantastic, excellent service and an opportunity to do a lot of ministry that's out of the box because it's in a business environment or a workplace environment that would never happen in a church. Eric? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with with making money. Money is not the root of all evil. It's that love of money that we have to, you know, worry about. But the reality is ministry is a heck of a lot easier if you have some funds behind you. So we can build our buildings and do mission trips if we have some money. And there is nothing wrong with being profitable. So the byproduct of good labor, the good work, is, is money, you know, and it just makes it a lot easier to be sustainable. All right, guys, let's let's draw a little bit more of the picture. Today, just thanks for tuning in to our work for him. Today, we're talking with Eric Bain and Dan Cook about their out-of-the-box thinking. These guys are architects. They're builders. They specialize in, in really thinking outside of the box for churches as they develop structures for churches to operate within. Eric came on my radar when I read an article about him buying a, hotel, a motel and turning that into a fantastic organization that's a motel and utilizing it and being part of, I mean, the church and the motel were almost indistinguishable because the people in the church were running the motel and the motel was supporting the church. It was a phenomenal thing. How did you guys get connected? Eric, tell a little bit about that story because you weren't thinking you were going to go be working for an architect. No. In fact, when Dan and I met over in Portland, Oregon, and he made the offer, he said, why don't we just partner together to do something that, you know, we can do together uh, that we wouldn't be able to do apart. And, you know, the, the, the challenge for me was how do, I, how do we get these things designed and how do we get them built and how do we get them funded? And, you know, Dan has run hotels. He's been a successful entrepreneur. Um, BGW, you know, has, you know, done, you know, multiple billions of dollars worth of church construction now, over 800 projects, and, you know, has a reputation out there. So combining together now creates a model that we can literally go to in just about every state in the United States and uh, and build these and so you know it's it's very exciting to uh, partner with a guy like Dan who has a lot of wisdom and uh, you know foresight into really kind of where the American church is going. My background is pastoral, and it's just a wonderful background and to link the pastoral with the uh, architecture and the construction side because you know we're speaking the language of the church and I know that very well. But again, that's an out of the box idea. Bringing a pastor into an architect construction firm so that you can, you know, be the interpreter between the architectural and construction firm and the church. That's way out of the box, but genius because you've got to be able to communicate those ideas. So Dan, when, when you saw what Eric was doing with these motels uh, out in, in, in Portland and you've already were an out of the box thinker before you met Dan, because you already had a reputation for, for excellence within this industry. When you saw the opportunity to work together Talk to me about some of the things that have changed that you guys have, have joined forces. I know it's recent, but as you look at the, the out-of-the-box thinking that you had before and where you're heading in 2017, what are some of the new innovative ways you expect to uh, approach this? Well, we're seeing major impact in, 
in getting churches, uh, you know, we really want churches to embrace uh, these concepts, but we do not want them to operate them. That's right. Uh, churches really aren't ready to go be an operator of anything. And we found that uh, one of the major things was the churches were running daycares and not making any money at it. And and so we started bringing in management to that and showing them how to manage that, managing it within our own companies and and went from losing money in daycares to making over $50,000 per month uh, out, of, out of that entity, uh, showing churches how to put in event centers, showing churches how to do recreation areas. We've got a, a school over in Annapolis that has paid off a $10 million project with utilizing the space when it wasn't being util- utilized by the school. So lots and lots of things, but basically saying to a church, you need to go do ministry and do it 100%. Let us and let a group of people that know how to do this take care of maximizing your building. And and so uh, we've learned how to design differently. We've learned to put in facilities that are far different than we used to do in design. And then showing churches how to use those designs to maximize that for the benefit of the kingdom. So does BGWServices.com, do you guys actually help operate those the the things that you're helping you build a facility a certain facility to, to you know like you said an event center or a daycare or educational facility or something like that you guys will build it and then you'll bring in the management team to help operate it do you then transition yeah. it over eventually to uh, somebody within the church that gets hired to run it no the church would never run it we actually bring in management for things like senior care daycare hotel management uh, event management, and the idea is that they will be there as an arm of the church running it. The church will do ministry towards all of those things, but the church is out of management. They they really aren't. Uh, pastors didn't don't have those entrepreneurial skills for the most part. Eric certainly does, but most pastors do not, and uh, and they don't have people in the church that they can rely on over a twenty year period of time. So we want national ability to control that manage it and just hand the checks to the churches and so you you come in you help manage these these facilities you guys make a fee and the church is still profitable in doing all this oh absolutely yeah this is eric you know and and uh you know, it's just important that you don't get the church, you have church members working there, but if they operate, man, I tell you, the moment you have to fire people in your church as a pastor, you're going to have a church split. So it's a lot easier in business to fire a management company and bring a new management company in than it is to fire people in your local congregation who you've asked to run something. So it just keeps the conflict of interest down really, really low and works very well. Or for a management company to be able to let a person go that works in the church, it's their fault, not the church's fault. Exactly. So. <laughs> Again, out-of-the-box thinking. And and really, it shouldn't be that difficult for a church to fire somebody, because if somebody's not doing a great job, the church should always be seeking people to seek to, to be excellent in the position. Yet it, you, what you just described is something I've seen time and time and time again within a church organization where very below-average people continue to sustain a position even though they don't deserve it. And, and and you can't run a business that way or you will run it into the ground, which is what you're saying. They can't manage it because they won't fire the wrong people and bring the right people in. That's right. So talk to me, but this isn't about the church making money. This is not about money. This is about expanding ministry and kingdom opportunities. And I think that I want to make sure we bring that out for people, that this is really about reaching a part of the community that won't normally darken the doorsteps of the church. Yep. 
but that will come for an event or will come to have their kids be in daycare or will come for what, what are some of the things you mentioned event centers, daycares, what are some of the other facilities that you guys have built that enable a church to do ministry way outside of the box? Well, certainly uh, uh, sports centers, uh, but to give you an idea and just some numbers we haven't talked about, but the event center in Utah uh, has over over 3,000 people a week come through there that uh, don't have any idea that a church worships there on Sunday and Wednesday night. Uh, we had the opening of the F-35. The government came in, dropped $75,000 on that facility in three days. And the government's renting a church building, essentially, to be able to have their grand opening of one of the great fighter jets that's ever been developed. Uh, nursery daycares bring hundreds and hundreds of people of, that are searching for something, and they're the millennials. They're bringing them to your to your door, and the great majority of them are coming to a Christian daycare, but they have no idea who Christ is. Uh, uh, the sports centers, the, the senior housing is a tremendous outreach to the people that come to visit the senior housing patients and the people in senior housing. So, uh, uh, And it's an outreach not to the older people that are in the housing on your site. It's an outreach to those visitors that are coming there on Sunday and taking grandma to church. And so... Uh, each of these has its own area. The uh, hotel that we manage in Kalispell, Montana right now uh, produced $700,000. that went into mission work over in, in Africa uh, two years ago. And, and those are the abilities of things that you can go do when you get the, the uh, concepts of financial sustainability under your belt. And Jim, let me just add to that. You know, if we saw 3,500 people come to know Christ in Portland, Oregon, and we can get, you know, four more of these, five more of these, ten more of these up, and each one of them bring in 3,500 people to know Christ. One day when this is all over, we're going to stand in heaven, and the Lord's going to say, hey, the buildings are all gone, but look at all the people right. to know me as a result of, you know, being in the marketplace or being entrepreneurial. Okay. So the out-of-the-box thinking with how to utilize facilities, I love that idea. And I've seen some churches play with that idea, but again, they get all, like you said, they get caught up in, if I run this like a business, I have to fire people. And if I get to fire people, I don't want to do that. So that's bad. So I love the idea that you will manage that event center because I got a lot of churches that could really take advantage of that. But the people that you're reaching for Christ in the community, so you're touching people in the community. How are you teaching the churches then to disciple those people? Because a lot of churches today, there's a lot of great big churches that are reaching people for Christ, and then they have no idea how to take it to the next step, that discipleship step. Yeah, and that's the well, thing we have to do is we have to we have to train people. Yeah, you know how to how to share the gospel in the marketplace in a non-offensive and a non-weird way, and then how to develop relationships with people. See, we've got to get back to where believing comes before, or belonging comes before believing. See, the church has got to stop asking people to believe before they can belong. We've got to let people belong with all their baggage, and then, through relationship, allow them to believe. And, you know, it's just a paradigm shift. Dan, you sounded like you wanted to add to that. Well, we also put on seminars at BGW showing churches how to go through that growth curve. Uh, we actually have three pastors on our staff at BGW, Eric and, and Matt and Catherine. And, and uh, you know, Matt has taken a church in nine years uh, to over 1,500 people from none and started four other churches in four other states in that same period of time. And he's just an expert in coming along churches and saying, 
why don't you try this? Here's how you go out and do that. Here's all these people coming to your site. Now, here's here's how you go reach them and work with them and, and uh, tell them who Christ is. we got Eric Baim with BGWServices.com and Dan Cook. These two guys, they're professional, out-of-the-box thinkers, but they're specific their aim, their focus is working with churches to build sustainable financial sustainability. How do you take your church building? How do you build your church building? How do you build a building that's not a church building and use it for financial sustainability in your church body? And why should you do it? I mean, all of these questions are questions that we should be asking because nothing drives me more nuts than driving by a church that's empty six days a week. Oh my gosh, thousands of square feet having to be air conditioned here in Florida at the cost of thousands of dollars a month. Why? Find a way to use your building. These guys are professionals at it. Dan, how do people get a hold of you guys? How? Who's the perfect customer referral for you guys? Uh, they can, you know, email us or go to our website at bgwservices.com. Uh, leave a note there for us. They can email us at uh, dcook at bgwservices.com or ebame, B-A-H-M-E, at bgwservices.com. Uh, probably the best method. And and who's that? Eric, why don't you just describe that perfect referral for you guys? Well, you know, it's it's really a church that says, hey, we've got something in our hands and we don't know what to do with it. You know, um, the, the perfect group is a group that, you know, perhaps their building's paid off, they've got land that's paid off. You know, we have churches that have land right on the corner of intersections that developers have been wanting for a long time. We have churches that, you know, 19, 20, 30 acres of land. Listen, I don't want to be the, the pastor that gets to heaven and God says, what did you do with the land that I gave you? And I said, man, we didn't do anything. We just let it, you know, sit. And those are the perfect churches. It's churches that, you know, have a little capital, some denominational leaders that have some some, uh, some um, you know, money in the bank, and they're just, they don't want to waste it. Um, they want to invest it. And so what we're saying is invest it in something that will return. It's better to take a million dollars of your denominational money and make four million than to take one million and just, you know, waste it. It's, that's bad stewardship. So that's, that's the perfect candidate. I mean, and that's really the essence of Jesus's parable on stewardship. I mean, the, the guy that got five talents, two talents, and one talent, you see that all the time with churches that got the one talent and said, yeah, let's just bury our heads in the sand. Yep. But then you find the guy that got the really little church, a guy like you that said, oh, okay, I'm going to plant the church, but let's just, I feel like God's given me five talents. How do we double this? How do we really impact the community? Hey, let's buy a motel. Let, let's, I mean, that was really ridiculously out of the box thinking. How freaked out were you when you, when you really felt the Holy Spirit going, Eric, this is what I want you to do. Well, once we got it, uh, it was a little freaky. But, you know, after we saw what God did, uh, it was just, it was an amazing transformational thing. And uh, I'd never change it. It was just, it, in fact, I can't go back now to the traditional model. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't imagine. So right now, Dan, really quickly, how many projects are you guys building and, and managing across the country right now? About 120 uh, that are in one form of uh, drawings, construction, permitting. Uh, getting ready to open. Uh, within that, about uh, I think we're managing about 25 of those are sustainable type projects. And what? Just give me an example of the most out of the box, financially sustainable model that you're you're helping build right now. Uh, over in Harrisburg, uh, North Carolina, we're building a uh, 92 unit hotel. 
that has a convention center, which is a worship area for about 800, and has a daycare for 250 that are all part of the same exact complex. And so we've got revenue streams from daycare, events, coffee shop, and hotel. Uh, this project actually will produce investors about 12% per annum in uh, and money that they've put into the project. Over $5 million of investment money is put into the project from the outside for-profit investors. And uh, the church is going to, over a 10-year period of time, have full ownership with the entire thing paid for. Unbelievable. That's what I love about out-of-the-box thinking. Eric Bame, Dan Cook from BGWServices.com. Thanks so much for being on iWork for him today. You guys are great guests. Thanks for thinking outside of the box. Keep it going. And when you're running to churches that want to share what the Lord has done in these out-of-the-box scenarios, let me know so we can highlight them on the air, okay? We'd love to. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio show, boy, I hope you heard this out-of-the-box theme today that you really go, okay, 2017 is around the corner. How am I thinking out-of-the-box? Am I really willing to listen to what the Lord is saying? Because the Lord is constantly stretching us to think outside of the box. In fact, with regard to our workplaces every day, he's saying, I want you just to pray for the people that you work alongside. I know that you don't think that's going to do much, but when you start to pray for the people alongside of you, it starts to transform your heart. And then when you look for a way to serve people, just out of the box, think, I'm going to serve the people, even the people that drive me crazy. Then I'm going to look for a way to befriend those people. But look for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a rough day. But all along, being an employee of excellence, all those things, part of the I Work For Him nation. Please consider going out to iworkforhim.com tonight, iwork4him.com, and join the I Work For Him nation. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, and I work for him. <laughs>